Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the Underground Sessions. Uh, today we have a very special guest. I say that about a lot of our guests, but we are super excited to have Asher from Caulfield Cables on today. Um, some of the finest cables on the market. He hand makes these things himself. Some They're of the beautiful. Prettiest. They look beautiful. Amazing. They make your pedal board look better. I've heard they might even make you play better, and they definitely make you sound better. And because Asher is just a great guy... He's got a gift for you, fine listeners of this podcast. Asher, what is the uh, the gift for all of our fine listeners? Yeah, so for all of your fine listeners, if you head on over to coffeefieldcables.com and you use the code underground15 at checkout, you'll go ahead and save 15% off of anything that you buy from Coffield Cables. Is that all lowercase, all one word? All one word, underground15. Perfect. Beautiful. Well, so, on, behalf of, on behalf of the listeners, thank you, Asher. You're the best, man. You are welcome. I want you to know the power of the underground. You just press down on this lever with your thumb and then... So I, I guess we're just going to jump in. I know we're a little time crunch. So tell us a little bit about your, your history with music. What what drove you towards music? Why is it your passion? Is it your, just give us a little bit of uh, information on that. Yeah. So I grew up with music, like music was very, um, a, a very prominent thing in my family growing up, um, from the time, like as early as I can remember. So like my parents were very big music people. Um, <clears throat> you know, they, my mom was definitely more of the, the pop music from like the sixties and seventies, all that stuff. And then my dad was all, you know, everything else in between. So it, every day it was always, you know, listen, you know, whatever vinyl was on, my dad was always listening to my music, same with my mom. Um, so it was always very, um, big to me. Um, and so, you know, my dad played music in church, um, as well. Uh, so it got to go with him and kind of see him as he did all the setup and all that stuff and, you know, watch him interact with other people playing. So always was around that kind of live music as well. And that, and even from like a very early age, my parents taking us kids to concerts just to kind of get an experience of the, of seeing music live. <laughs> so it was a, a very big aspect of my life. And then, you know, I was lucky enough to kind of grow up or not kind of, but did grow up in the Bay area uh, of California during the nineties, which, you know, was very big, like punk, ska, everything kind of going through that whole right. thing, the whole DIY Gilman street, the whole, the whole nine yards, um, nice. was definitely a big influence, uh, on my life as well. So was, if you weren't in my high school, like if you weren't in a band, it was, that was kind of like the awkward thing. It was like, you were always in like, instead of like jocks, it was like, if you're not in a band, you're one of the, one of the outcasts. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Look at this nerd. He plays basketball. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, it was definitely uh, a thing in my high school and I was like, uh, yeah. So (laughs) it's kind of weird to see, you know, like my nephew who lives with us goes to is in high school now and, it's kind of like, oh, like find the kids that are in a band and all that stuff. And that's just not, not the a same thing. nowadays yeah. as it was back then. So it, it's always like the high school experience is completely different. Cause I remember being in like two or three, four different bands and 
you know, it was like, oh, this band broke up, join another band. So that was just, you took your songs with you, whatever you wrote. And um, so, yeah, so like that's my history with with music. It was a very big, prominent thing in my life. And I was always around it and got to experience uh, quite a bit of it. That might be uh, um, yeah, that's, like the best high school experience I've heard of. Yeah, yeah seriously. <laughs> we all would have loved to have that high school experience. Yeah. I'm curious, though. You said you, you grew up like your parents were all about music. Um, I grew mm-hmm. up in a very similar way. Like my, my mom, or not my mom. Sorry, mom. Your music choice sucks. Uh, dad, <laughs> my dad uh, had like an incredible taste of music. And like since the time I was little, but I remember specifically the first time I heard Communication Breakdown by Led Zeppelin, I was like, this is what I need to do. Like, was there ever that for you? Was there ever like a one song that you just like grasped onto and were like, music, yes, this, I get it now. It's all coming together. Like, Yeah, so it's kind of interesting because it it's a love-hate relationship, love-hate-love relationship that I have with this band. Uh, so growing up, my parents, both of them, were very heavy into Steely Dan. Like Steely Dan was all, always playing. Like that was their thing. And um, so, and so, like I, as a little kid, I remember like, oh, this is kind of cool, kind of kind of different. Um, just the, the sound of like kind of that rock sound, but the horn sections, I you know, was very different. Like I really enjoyed that. And then probably my teenage years as I was going through like my punk rock and all that other stuff, I was like, Oh, this is stupid. I hate it. Like, this is so boring. Um, and then, and then probably once I got into like my thirties, I was like, Oh, wait a minute. Like, I still really enjoy this. <laughs> like yeah. the album, their album Asia is still like, is always in my like top 10 records of all time. It's such a fantastic album. Yeah, you, you can't um, and, be a, a punk rocker and not have some angst. So, you know, you got to have that in there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Um, but yeah, so for, for me, it's not this one specific song, but it's definitely the, the album um, Asia by Steely Dan. Um, I respect that. Was very, yeah. yeah. So I was that worried was, you are going to be like, yeah, and, Hannah Montana's first album really grabbed me. You know? <laughs> <laughs> you know? Oh, man. Hey, it's different for everyone. But no, it's funny because yeah, I remember exactly. same thing growing up. Like, my dad would be like, oh, you know what? You should listen to, like, some of this more off-the-wall stuff. You should listen to Dave Brubeck or uh, Pat Metheny and some of this, like, jazz stuff. And, I, like, I... Mm-hmm. Got into it for a little bit, and then, you know, it was like, no, nah, Metallica. Like, that's where it's at. And then it was, like, all, like, metal and stuff like that. And then, like, now maturing a little bit, I've come back around. I'm like, man, jazz is cool. <laughs> like, I'm into it, you know? <laughs> it's one of those things you can only, you, you know, it's... You learn how to experience it once you get older. Or not experience it, uh, enjoy it better. Yeah. Uh, sorry, it kind of broke up there, so I kind of lost you for a second. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, uh, so you know what I was saying as far as um, you, it's funny that you brought up the the jazz thing as well, because um, my dad is also it's he is now at the point where like he turns me on to new music and like so like his favorite band right now um, is the band Thank You Scientist, um, which is like a they're a prog band out of New Jersey and. I, at first I was like, oh dad, like, what are you doing? Like, this is not like, 
not your thing. It's not my thing. I don't enjoy it. And like the more and more he pushed on about it, he's like, no, you really need to listen to it and all these things. I'm like, Oh, like I get it now. Like I really, like I really yeah. enjoy this. So it's, it's so interesting now. Cause, um, that is, honestly, that's like his favorite band at this moment. So like they're passing through our, our area next month. And so he's coming out going to stay the night. We're going to go, go see them. And it's so weird because it's, it, you know, it's all these, prog kids all these kids that are really into prog you know prog metal and everything yeah, yeah. and and then my dad you know <laughs> late, late, late 60s you know mid 60s and he's like and they're like, oh it's just so good because he appreciates all the, the musicality stuff like that and so um yeah he's definitely turned more onto like jazz and all those things now and i've gotten older but i'm still very picky on what jazz <laughs> that i can listen to at yeah this point. <laughs> totally at the concert your dad's yeah. still the coolest dad by the way, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> I, I agree. I agree with that. Yes. I think we might have to talk to your dad about uh, helping, yeah. us, helping us find new music. Yeah. That's pretty good. Yes. New segment uh, on the show. <laughs> ask dad. What's, ask what's dad. Asher's dad listening to this week? Yeah. Awesome. Um, so we kind of wanted to yeah. jump into the company itself. So I know you had mm -hmm. a little blurb on your website about kind of how you walked into guitar shop. And you're like, huh, these cables are kind of choking the sound of amps, pedals, etc." So was there mm -hmm. something more to that? Um, or is that like an actual like epiphany moment that you had? So my epiphany moment with, uh, with cables was actually when I was playing in a band at the time, it was actually in a band called Caulfield, which is kind of where the name is starting to start oh. to come from. Nice. Um, but I was in a band. Nice. Uh, yeah. So I was in a band called Caulfield um, and we were doing little mini tours here and there and all that stuff. And uh, during setup that I was going through, um, you know, getting everything all ready to go and we were about ready to open up and I realized like, Oh, I don't have a cable kind of deal. And this guy, that was that we were playing with, and I can't even remember what band he was at the time. It was like, oh, have my cable, and you can use that. And so I plugged into it, and instantly I was able to notice, like I noticed there was a difference in the quality of the sound that was coming through. I was like, all right, I'm getting some more high end, some more mid punch in this. Like it doesn't sound the same as with my my other cable. What is the deal with this? Like what's going on? So we ended up having a conversation and that's where we ended up having this conversation about capacitance and how like for one, the length of your cable really plays into it, the quality of your cable that you're, you're using with. And so, you know, he even said like, you know, if you're paying $10 for a cable, you're getting $10 worth of your, your connectivity there. You know, if you are getting what you pay for, there's a, it definitely pays off. And so, you know, that was my first epiphany moment. Like, Oh, that's interesting that, you know, you're, you, when you're, especially when you're first like starting out and like when you're doing all this DIY, just touring and all this stuff, like you try and cut costs as much as you can. I mean, you're sleeping in a van, you're sleeping on people's living room floor. The last thing you're thinking about is, Oh great. I'm going to spend money on a cable. It's whatever the cheapest thing is you can pick up at guitar center or, uh, you know, whatever the local guitar shop is, uh, to connect. And so that was my epiphany moment. And after I was done playing, uh, you know, professionally or touring around and all these things and that had kind of ended. Um, it had always been this thought process of mine. I'm like, well, like why, you know, there's all these other, all, all these cables out there and you know, they, there's definitely something to what this guy had said. Like it's 
I could hear it. Other people can hear it. And so uh, I'm going to just dig into that a bit more. And so I started researching like different cable types and the ideal cable length and why you shouldn't go over a, you know, like 25 feet worth of cable and all the, these things. And, you know, at that point being kind of like a punk rocker, you know, pop punk kind of thing. Like it was all about how far you could run across the stage. So you needed that either a wireless yeah. pack or, <laughs> you know, a super long cable, <laughs> you know, yeah, totally. um, I, you know, it was uh, yeah, all that and how far you could swing your guitar, you know, if you could push your guitar and swing it around your back and all that cool stuff. And, um, so anyway, yeah, just dug more into what was going into that and started experimenting, making my own cables with different brands of cable that were out there, different things. Like how was it, um, you, you know, how would that play out for different things? And what I, I found is that there's, it's, you can have a quality cable, but every cable is going to give you a little something different. And so that's why we as a company offer three different types um, of cable out there because they all are going to kind of attack something different because not every guitar sounds the same, right? You're not, yeah. you got different pickups, so all those things. And so, um, you know, for example, something like a telly has a really, you know, you get that high end punch from a telly. You may not want a cable that has like really low capacitance that's going to push through a lot of that high end. Um, cause you run the risk of kind of running a little bit. It sounds a little shrill, every once in a while. Um, so something that's kind of in that mid range that kind of will cut a little bit of that high end isn't a bad thing for something like that. Um, so yeah, that's where my experimentation came from. I was making a lot of stuff for myself, for other people that were playing around town, you know, here in the Sacramento area. Um, and everyone really enjoyed that. And I'd always said like, well, it'd be cool if I started this as a company, just as something as a, a side job, I was working full time. I was traveling a lot for my job. And so this really was just kind of something fun that I wanted to start. And then probably for about two years, I've been saying like one day, one day I'll do it. One day I'll come up with this. And then I was telling my wife was just like, you need to shut up and stop talking about it or like actually do it. <laughs> You're making me and, crazy. And start sitting yeah, here in the living go. room talking about cable links and material. <laughs> yeah. Like just stop talking about it and actually do it. Um, so yeah, so that's kind of where it was like, all right, well, I guess instead of driving my wife crazy, I'll actually start the company. And now I just drive her crazy because she sits in the shop with me and I still talk about it. <laughs> so, so how long was it since you started the company to like when you were like, you know what, full time, I'm going all in. Let's. Uh, so we started the Coffee Cables officially launched uh, like at the company end of 2019. So you know, and then nothing really major happened in 2020, except for <laughs> the entire world shutting down. Right. Yeah. Uh, obviously, it's a pretty unremarkable year, weird... I think overall. I yeah, pretty unremarkable. <laughs> um, so with that, uh, everybody was kind of staying home, or everyone was kind of forced to stay home. And so we kind of blew up. More people were playing um, guitar. Things were going there. And so what we kind of expected to happen um, didn't happen. It was tenfold what we had actually planned for. And so it was still always like, all right, this is just a part-time thing. Things will get back to normal, you know, with my job, all these things. Like I was basically working, like with a bunch of other people, we were all just, I was working from home. 
Um, and then um, I, I got laid off. Like my company completely eliminated my department because a lot of my job revolved around travel. And at that time, there <laughs> no one was traveling. Yeah. yeah, not a lot of traveling. Um, so I got laid off, and so we're like, all right, well, we'll just see how this goes. You know, we'll we'll take this full time, and you know, there at that time there was no the job market, nothing was really going on with the job, and I'd always kind of expected that would come about, but uh, Coffee Cables has. I was kind of forced into taking it full time. And it, at this point it has far surpassed what I, you know, for something that it was like, ah, if I sell like you know, 10, 15 cables a month, I'll be fine uh, to way more than that, <laughs> way more than I can keep track of at this point. So um, yeah, so it's been really fun. And so yeah, it's kind of forced into it, but I'm, I'm glad I was forced into it, taking it full time. That's awesome, man. So you were at the right place at the right time for this entire project. Yeah. Like who knew, who knew? it's a sign yeah it could not have been better yeah especially with like this this kind of bad thing being laid off is that like that one that word is so scary to everybody you know but Mm -hmm. having an opportunity that you were like well i guess (laughs) why as well you know i have nothing else to lose i think yeah sometimes that point in your life you might as well just you know i think it has like that extra little fire that gets you through it yeah exactly you know i've got Three kids, you know, three kids, and a, I'm a uh, my our nephew lives with us, so it's like I have a family to support. So it's just that whole mentality of like, oh, you've got a, it's not just a fun thing anymore. It, it is this is a full time, yeah, a full time business. You can't do anything but succeed. Like you have to. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so yeah. So I'm curious what your take on this because. Um, you're kind of in the same realm as far as like, I feel like during the pandemic and still to right now, like boutique pedals and amps and even cables, like something more handmade, more, um, I guess, personalized to the consumer, like anything like that kind of blew up. So do you, Mm -hmm. what's your thoughts behind that? Like, why do you think that that happened? Why all of a sudden all these pedal companies popped up and you've got a company like you where you make really good cables and people are willing to, spend money on that rather than going to guitar center and buying a, you know, fender cable or whatever it is. Yeah. Two cables and like eight patch cables for other, you know, yeah. pedals. Mm. Yeah. So I'm curious. Yeah, so I think, oh, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I, I think a lot of that came, I think there's two things that really kind of played into that is really, I think during the pandemic, there was just this, um, the thought of like, you know, we're as much as we can do to help out other people in general, for most part, like we all kind of, it was the only time I can remember really that it was, we were all kind of in the same boat at the same time. Like everyone in, in the world basically was all just kind of like, wow, we're all stuck at home and we're all doing things. And so I think there was this, this common empathy is that we all understood um, like where everybody else was at. And so when there were these companies where they're, you know, companies like mine or anything else where it's like these small boutique builders where on social media, it's not just images of, you know, what we're making. It's, you know, what we're making as well as like, you follow us, it's, it's us, it's my kids, it's my wife, it's everyone on there. It's like, it's a whole family thing. You kind of understand, like there's, 
it kind of drives everything home that we're not these big corporations. Money that is spent with us um, is not just there to to go into our our pockets. It's literally what keeps a roof over our heads, right? You know, and so I think everybody at the same time kind of felt that with these smaller boutique builders that are out there. And that's why I think you've seen so many of them take off is, you know, they were, they kind of were, people were kind of forced into this scenario, like whether they were, you know, I personally know people that were, you know, roadies and obviously there was no touring going Mm -hmm. on. And so they were going in and just offering their services, like building, you know, started pebble board building companies, you know, because they had been using that skill on the road, but now hey, I don't have time to do, you know, obviously there's no touring on there. And so it's just people were able to uh, apply the skills that they had learned elsewhere and put it into a, a boutique brand at that point. And I think everybody just kind of hopped on board with all of that and really has appreciated that kind of um, boutiqueness, if that's even a word. Out there totally. and um, I, with everyone, and then I think when they actually play it, and they're like, "Wow, this is so much better than the, you know, whatever I was using, whether it's a, you know, Guitar Center brand cable or you know, playing just a normal tube screamer versus buying some boutique overdrive or whatever it is," mm-hmm. and they're like, "Wow, this is so much better," and then they continue to support the brand as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, I think also because uh, as a boutique builder, if you will, like we, we, I know that like the name, as you start seeing names of people coming through, cause every cable that leaves our shop, like I, I make, like it, it all passes through me at some point in time, whether I'm soldering it or prepping it or whatever. And so it's like, you begin to recognize the names of people coming through uh, on your shop. And so it's for us, we, we just appreciate that aspect where it's like, you look at these orders that have come through and, you kind of feel this bond to the fact that like, Hey, you spent money with us and we're like, we're going to put as much of effort as we can into it. We're not going to give you something that's just kind of, uh, you know, half-assed if you will. Yeah. Slapped together by a machine probably. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's one of the biggest reasons I like these boutique shops is it feels like there's more touch in the details, more professional. It's more, it's something nicer that I wouldn't have otherwise. Yeah. And especially <laughs> your cables just look so pretty. Like there's nothing else like oh, it. Oh yeah, for sure. There's so many different flavors yeah. too, especially when you get small builders because they all got their own style. It's not like everyone's mm-hmm. got they're trying to copy, copy something. They're all like trying to do their own thing. Which Some then, pedals are like a piece of art. Yeah. They're very organic mm-hmm. and that's what's cool about them. Yep. Yeah. Awesome. Sorry, I think Mike's got a question. He's he's looking oh, at no, his, his just, notebook oh. right here. <laughs> Sorry, this is, this is the challenge of uh, doing phone interviews. We uh, have those awkward silence where we can't see the person. Mike, you got a question? Yeah, I no, totally get, totally get it. Well, I was um, going to ask, like, what was your previous? I know did any of your previous uh, positions like help you with this company? Because I know I looked on your LinkedIn profile and says you were a sales trainer for Metro PCS. <laughs> yes, it's not creepy at all, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> it's not I weird. The first, pod, the first podcast that someone's actually gone into my LinkedIn profile. That's awesome. We like to be well prepared. Yeah. Actually, Mike is the the smart one because he asked us about if we looked in your LinkedIn. I'm like, I forgot LinkedIn is a thing. Yeah, I, I didn't think about that. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> That's so professional of you, Mike. 
you, you said that, I was like, do I have, like, do I have a LinkedIn profile? <laughs> <laughs> Clearly I do. Hasn't been updated. You should, yeah, but, you um, should get on that maybe. <laughs> hey, yeah, still got I your, think uh, have... your cable company on there, so it's semi-recent. Okay, so, so it's been updated since then, so within the last two years. Um, <laughs> three years. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, previous to that, I worked at uh, T-Mobile um, as well as Metro PCS for them. Um, I was a trainer. So basically I did a lot of um, basically teaching people how to interact, like interact with the general public and like working on sales. I had been, I had been in sales for, for years and in management um, ever since I got out of high school, I've been in some form of uh, sales <clears throat> or management level there. And so uh, that has basically translated over to being able, like uh, for me, it's all about creating um, just an experience and an environment whenever I interact with anyone. Um, Cause I always view it as like you, you're dealing with such an important thing for people as far as their money, especially nowadays. I mean, I think that we all like money is not always, readily available and it's hard to come by for a lot of people. And so when I see that someone has spent money with us, it, I understand there was an important thought process that went through that to make that decision. Um, and so just being able to make sure that it's the best product that I'm giving out to somebody. And that's just something that I've taken through all my, my years in sales and in management is just creating experiences to make sure that people know that they are appreciated. The fact that they bought it from us, like I appreciate everything about that. So that's probably the one thing that I have uh, carried over um, because I definitely can't manage myself. Like I used to manage when I used to have employees. I'm a different. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's kind of nice that you have that other end of the sales process because I'm in a yeah. similar position now at my current job where it's very retainment upsell, try to find the deal, get mm-hmm. into paper kind of deal. Um, so it's kind of nice to just have the other side of it where it's like, I appreciate that someone had to go through the research process, go online, do all the comparisons, watch the YouTube reviews, do this whole thing, you know, and they decided Mm -hmm. to choose you because of, you know, your effort that you put in, you know, it's kind of hard to see the effort sometimes because like, man, you know, do people really like my stuff? Is it like getting received well? Because the internet's so large nowadays. So, um, it's kind of nice to see you're on the other side of that. Yeah. That is really refreshing yeah, to hear too. Like as a consumer, you, you think people, oh, they just the company wants to sell you stuff. But no, hearing that you listen to them, that you take you pay attention, that you know that they want your product, they're spending your money. That's that's so nice to hear that you give that little extra attention. But that that's I'm sure that's one of the secrets to your company also. Just like uh making them look so good. How <laughs> where, did, where did that come from? All the different designs, all the colors. How how did you end up with that uh the coating for your cables? Christian just wants to eat one. Oh. <laughs> he just wants to take a bite. So uh the colors for me has always been like as for as long as I can remember, like my biggest thing was I wanted a like a lime green guitar cable like it, for growing up you know when i was first started playing guitar all these things i just wanted a lime green guitar cable and i could never find anything that was like lime green i don't know why it's not even one of my favorite colors i just thought it would look cool um under 
black light because a lot of the clubs that you played at, you know, you've got the UV, the black lights that are on there. I thought, like, hey, lime green would reflect and all those things. Um, so when I decided that I was going to start this company, my thing was, uh, my original thing was like, I will never sell a black table. Like I just, <laughs> not that there's anything against it. Like I'm ne- never going to sell a black table. I it's done. quickly it's, abandoned yeah. that idea. <laughs> um, I quickly abandoned that, but I, I just, I, I look at cables, especially like patch cables and things like that as an extension of your personality. Like colors to me are just very important. Um, as far as like how you express yourself for me um, from an artistic standpoint, um, I just am very color focused. Everything is color coded in my, like how I do things. Um, You know, like when I explain certain types of music, like for me, it comes from a color standpoint. Um, I I hear certain things as color. Um, And so it was really important to me that when I made cables, that there was, as many colors possible as available to customers that they could choose. Because I feel like when you're, you're making a board, you're, you're putting a bunch of pedals together, just adding that extra little something on there that is reflective of you. You know, so if your favorite color is blue, why not have some blue patch cables? If your favorite color is, you know, hot pink, why not have that? If you want to go, super classy and have like black and gold or gold colors and all these things to just kind of blend together. Um, why shouldn't you have that? And I think like you mentioned earlier that, you know, some of these pedals now are literally like works of art, <laughs> you know, when you get them, they look so good and just having some, a little something extra that kind of complements that to me was, you know, very important when we started this, started coffee tables to, to be able to have all those color options that um you know people could just spice it up however they wanted to well i think that's such a cool idea too and i think like like one of my favorite guitar brands is paul reed smith and i think part of that mm-hmm. is because you look at some of the like fender or gibson custom shops and you're like wow that's really cool it looks exactly like every other stratocaster and costs three thousand more dollars but you look at like some of the <laughs> paul reed smith stuff and it's like each guitar has its own like personality, like its own color scheme yeah, and like, like the I've way the inlays before. run. Yeah, and so like I get that same kind of vibe from your, your cables is like, it's like each thing has kind of got its own like hint of personality to it, which mm-hmm. I think is awesome. Mm-hmm. I love those accent colors. Like if, if I right now, my pedal board, all the, all the patch cables are hidden underneath. It's a little bit lame, mm-hmm. a little bit, but like yours, what they, the patch cables would absolutely show it would make a huge difference the way the pedal board looks and everyone loves that little bit of custom customization. Yeah. A little personal flair on your board. Right. Besides the pedals, like everything about your rig from the guitar to whatever, it's all yours. It's kind of a cool. Exactly. You know, I'm the same way, like on my board, all my cables are pretty much he- hidden under underneath. Um, but I just had a, a new pedal board, you know, built out. And so, like all the the signal path is all done in like a nice cobalt blue color, but then all my MIDI stuff and power is all like neon hot pink. So it's like when you pop it open and you lift up the top, it's just like, Oh, like the, it just adds that little, that little like, Ooh, that's, yeah. that was unexpected. Like you, nice you see no neon pink anywhere else, but you pop open that lid and you're like, uh, huh, there you go. That's cool. Um, and it's organized, <laughs> you know, immediately yeah, what each cable exactly. is. <laughs> 
So we're yeah. all we're all huge gear nerds just here. Just so we need more info on the yeah. Board. What's like? Give us <laughs> guitar to amp. What's the what's the rundown? So from guitar to amp. Um, so my guitar, I uh, have a custom Walsh Guitars Bara guitar um, from there, where that has McNeely uh, Gold Coil pickup in it. Is that is my number one go to guitar. Um, I, you know. I want to say that I'll give that to my children when I die, but it will probably be buried with me, even though I have no use for it. You know what? I, I respect that. Guitar. that. I respect that. You you form a bond <laughs> with your guitar. So <laughs> that was I. It, sidetrack. Uh, that guitar got lost. Not lost. It was delayed by FedEx by two days, and I live in a very small town, like out in between two big towns. And it was bouncing back and forth between two of these big towns. And I literally <laughs> thought I was, I'm going to take my car, drive to them and try and like stop in the party. I'm like, give me this, like, give which, me my guitar. Which one of you guys has the guitar on the truck? No. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've had the like, same thought before where I'm like, it's, it's a 40 minute drive. Just let me come get it. Like, <laughs> yep. Yep. Like it makes no sense that it's passing my house to go to another like another station, like you are passing me. Let me just stop and get it. Um, so yeah, so when it shot, it, when it showed up, uh, it was an amazing day. And uh, I love that thing. It is just, it just stands out. It's, um, it's almost like a gold and, you know, gold. It's like a pinky gold color. So, you know, you kind of get an idea of where my color palette has to go. Um, but yeah, it's beautiful. I love it. Um, and Drew did just this amazing job, job putting that guitar together. So is that your last um, guitar? So from, no more. You're not buying any more guitars ever. Uh, no, because I've already bought another one. So <laughs> that just oh man, what'd you buy? <laughs> uh, so I got a uh, flyweight from BA Ferguson. Okay. Uh, so yeah, it's gonna be those. You know, boot makes amazing guitars and. Um, Nick Greer was showing one of them off and I was like, all right, I need one of those in my life. And so he's over, you know, we've been talking back and forth and I was just like, well, I, I guess I need to bite the bullet on that one. And, um, you know, that was a, my wife was like, why is, what's BA Ferguson? I'm like, um, so, <laughs> so here's the good news. <laughs> it's, it's, hey, so guitars you, you are know. to test out your cables. It, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's a business expense. Equipment. It's a yeah, write-off. It's a business expense. It's a write-off. It's a write-off. It's a write-off. It's a write-off. So anyway, so yeah, so I bought one of those. So I'll have that. That should be um, sometime next year. That will be, be here. So I don't even have that one yet. So um so yeah, so from there, um, I run directed my pedal board. Um, and so on my board, um, I have the, I don't have it in front of me, so I'm trying to like visualize it <laughs> as I am looking here. Uh, see what I could do first. So first I run into my Maris Enzo um, for any kind of like octave or synth or anything like that. So that goes first into my, my Enzo. Um, from there, my gain stages, I use a Greer Lightspeed and a Greer Southland for my um, overdrive. I cannot talk any any better about those two pedals together. They are I, just... I've been looking at a Greer Lightspeed, so... <laughs> been eyeing uh, one, so I might have to... Uh, it is... 
it's just amazing. I don't know what secret sauce is put into the, that pedal, but there's just something about it that it is on any guitar, any guitar that I play on, it's just like, it just sounds amazing. Um, just for like, you know, it, it either, you know, before or after my Southland, which I use as like, you know, my mid game kind of my mid game stage there. Um, that's, I love it on that. If I go, um, like fuzz or anything like that, I use, um, the Royal jelly from Beatronics for just kind of like my overdrive and fuzz on that from there. Um, I don't do too much as far as modulation, but I, from that point I would go, usually it's my big ear pedals Albi on that. Cause it kind of gives it enough, you know, either chorus or reverb delay, a little bit of flavors on everything. Um, that, that works for me. Uh, from that point, I then for my delay, I get everything I need from my boss DD 200. Um, like any delay option that I need, I kind of go from there. Um, for more of like a strict digital delay for my like more tape style delay. I have a, um, Tontuga, uh, Delphine, which is a fantastic tape delay. I love it. Um, and then for reverb, I use like way too many reverbs. <laughs> like I can't pick a favorite one. That I is have my four favorite. on my board. So I get it. <laughs> okay. So I don't feel still too bad. I've got um, three delays so... and four reverbs. So I totally, totally understand where you're coming from. <laughs> <laughs> and one pedal's All a right, man after my own heart. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so for reverb, I use the Maris Mercury 7. For a, definitely for a lot of my swells and more ambient stuff, that's like my go-to pedal for that. It is, I mean, I probably criminally underuse what it's capable of doing, um, but as far as swells and all that, I, uh, that thing is beautiful. Um, and then I use the um, Illuminae uh, from New, da- New Neighbor Audio. Just a lot of their, especially specifically for like their wet, preset that they have um it is it's for it's great uh reverb pedal on that um and then from there i run to my strymon iridium more often than not if i'm I'm playing like on a silent stage i go with the iridium and then from the iridium that runs into my pinstripe pedals um miso which is their mono um out I, i tend not to run stereo everything's mono um, and so I'll run it into the, the Miso and then that just runs direct to, uh, front of house. And then if I'm running to an amp, I skip the, um, Iridium and I just run straight to my, uh, Fender, uh, bass breaker. Flawless. Which, Excellent. Flawless. A plus, sir. <laughs> Dylan took very Excellent. detailed notes. Excellent. You know, just top tier pedal choices. I want to be your best friend. I, I respect every choice. I don't know if I could build a board better myself. Oh, I appreciate it. How long did the board take you, though? How, how many years did it take to put that together? Uh, so that's probably been, like, that setup has probably been about two years, two and a half, uh, closer to three or four years now that I'm thinking. Okay, that's a good that's use. Three or four years of putting time. that together and ex- experimenting on what I liked, um, you know, working together because after I, you know, to, like after I stopped touring and like being in a, in a band and everything like that, 
um, you know, kind of like, I still have my guitar stuff, but I really like I had sold my amp. Um, I had like a, a Marshall half stack. I don't, don't even know what it was at that point. It's been so long, but I, I sold it. I was like, well, you know what? I'm done playing. I don't need to play anymore. Um, you know, and so I kind of gave up on guitar as far as like being a, you know, playing or doing like that. I could noodle around at home, but I, I, I gave a lot of it up. Um, so I didn't have a lot of my, my pedals anymore. The only pedal that I ever held on to that I, that it's been since like the day I bought it back in the nineties is my, um, Ibanez DE7 delay echo, um, which will probably never be sold. That's like my, my baby guitar pedal. Nice. Um, but yeah, so just like re-experimenting and finding out what my sound, like what I wanted my guitar to sound like was a whole kind of fun experiment, like for the last four years. Yeah, I feel I'm like in the middle of that stage right now of like, <laughs> it sounds like it's yeah. just you're, well you're established. In the, you're in the thick of it yeah. starting. I don't know yeah. if you see the light yet, but you're in the middle. <laughs> you have a long journey in front of you, Dylan. <laughs> yeah, it's... Well, cables have already been taken. What company can I start? <laughs> I <don't know. laughs> it's getting pretty slim now. Yeah, yeah. I know. Everything's done. But uh, <laughs> uh, enough about gear. Let's uh, let's go back to Caulfield Cables. Anything interesting well, that, in the that world? That is gear. For the future? Yeah, that is gear. <laughs> right. Okay, right back to gear. Anything interesting uh, coming out anytime soon? Any ideas going on? Or are you uh, just sticking so- with cables, always improving? So always improving cables has always been my thing there. I've kind of gotten, you know, we started out obviously as just straight instrument cables and then we, you know, expanded into, um, you know, a lot more of the, the pedal board solutions kind of thing. I like to call it, you know, kind of call everything. So you've got like, you know, your TRS, your MIDI over TRS stuff. Um, that's been kind of fun, just kind of, figuring that out and like creating a good product that, um, you know, cause I didn't mention on my, my board, it's all, a lot of my effects are all controlled by the Morningstar engineering MC3. So I do a lot of stuff with MIDI. The, I was really kind of intimidated by MIDI, but the more I've dug into it, the more I'm like, all right, I, I see the light. I like all of this. And so that kind of started because, you know, a lot of Morningstar stuff all runs off of, you know, TRS over or MIDI over TRS. And so mm-hmm. building my own cables and then, finding out more and more people want those kind of things. So I've been diving a bit more into the, the pedal board solutions kind of side of things um, as far as cables. And so I've been experimenting with um, some other things without giving too much away on uh, for some more pedal board solution stuff that we have coming down the road here. Well, I have a large pedal board if you want to try and come up with a solution for that. <laughs> I'm more than happy to give it a test run. Um, awesome. But no, I know you uh, You got to run in a couple minutes. Um, so mm-hmm. where can the uh, good folks that listen to this podcast find you? Where can they purchase some of your amazing cables? Yeah, so we are 100% direct to consumers. So to you guys, so everyone, you, you can buy our cables at uh, caulfieldcables.com is where we are at. And we are Caulfield Cables on, on all the socials. We're on TikTok. We're on Instagram, Facebook, everything. So that's, that's where you can find us online. And anytime you chat with us, like send us a message. It's, it's me you're chatting with. There isn't a, uh, a bot somewhere. It's, it's just me. <laughs> that's 
very refreshing in today's day and age. A true direct to consumer. Oh, <laughs> uh, one more thing. True direct to consumer, yeah. <laughs> our uh, one of our buddies here who has been on the show a couple times, Corduroy Brown, is a huge fan of uh, what you do. So he told me I had to uh, drop his name on the podcast. So, <laughs> so you got to check him out. He's he's great. He um, has posted pictures of uh, stepping on the cables during shows and stuff like that, and nothing's getting yeah, up he, on him Yeah, he yet. uses a ton of your stuff, so he was like, I know you guys yeah. are interviewing them. If you could just drop the name in there, you know. But, um, <laughs> yeah. That's awesome, yes. <laughs> um, but, yeah, thank you so much for uh, chatting with us for a little bit. I know uh, we're about to all go online and switch everything that we own to Caulfield Cables. Um <laughs> We need, we need a so giant you see box a, of patch cables. Yeah, if you yeah. see a huge bulk order. Well, my <laughs> patch cables keep going out, and I'm like, I have like a pile of them, and then like I just have to sit there and play with my board the whole time to find out which one doesn't work, and it sucks. I'm just going to replace all of them. It's like when you're going to go to Caulfield Cables. <laughs> yes, and then I'm going to replace all of them. It's all going to be perfect, and it's going to look great. And you have one unified color, too. Yeah, one unified color, or maybe I'll get different colors. Maybe I'll alternate. Mm -hmm. Maybe we'll get crazy with it. Yeah. Who knows? We'll see what happens. There you go. <laughs> but, uh, again, thank you so much for uh, chatting with us, man. We had a blast. Yeah, we appreciate um, it a lot. Yeah, not a problem. Anytime. Thanks, Asher. All right, thanks.